when the unexpected manifests within our physical body, it is invariably because there is confusion, there is misunderstanding, there is resistance inside that manifests. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live. My answers to fellow adventurers' questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took 5, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo fellow adventurers and uh, greetings from Manzanillo, Mexico. Uh, I am on uh, working holiday here for six weeks. And uh, I hope you all had, uh, you Americans had a good 4th of July yesterday. I wasn't able to make it. Uh, it was celebrating an American holiday here in Mexico. But we're back in the saddle. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Here's a question. Um, it's about overcoming illness. Mike, is illness something we signed up for? Or is it something we created in this life? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, because too often there's this presumption that it is karma, uh, that it is the paying off of past debts, that it is uh, something we chose this lifetime to experience, putting ourselves in a box, which in 99.9% .9 of the cases is never true. If you were born with an affliction, um, if you came into this world, then there are other deeper um, objectives and issues being worked on by the soul. But I think this question goes to, to the kind of things that crop up in our life, midway through our life, um, whether it's sinus or cancer or allergies or all those other things. Uh, the list is quite endless and uh, I think none of us are totally exempt. I'm certainly not. But these kind of illnesses um, show up because we signed up for an adventure into the jungles of time and space where the outer world, including our physical body, would be a mirror of what's going on inside. That's what you signed up for. That's the only limitation. That's the ticket you bought. So when the unexpected manifests within our physical body, it is invariably because there is confusion there is misunderstanding, there is resistance, which is confusion, there is a blockage, which is fear, inside that manifests. One of the best books I've ever read, giving ideas as to what ailment might be caused by what spiritual misunderstanding was Louise Hay's You Can Heal Your Life. Could not more highly recommend Louise Hay you can heal your life. Look up uh, kidney stones and oh wow, it's bursts of anger. That was me 15 years ago. Um, look up dementia, look up uh, back pain and you're gonna see likely spiritual causes, meaning underlying confusion or misunderstandings kind of thing. Interestingly, some of the books, the Ken Carey books that I have read, Starseed Transmissions, they reference to the fact that the initial ideas of devil and hell and evil spirits 
was never about outer uh, energies trying to take over your mind or corrupt you. Evil spirits were jealousy, anger, frustration, um, denial. Those are truly evil spirits. There's no boogeyman or boogeywoman. There's no ghosts out there. There's nothing that you are vulnerable to. Okay. Yeah. There's energies out there and they're confused, but you're untouchable unless you choose to invite them in through fear. That would be your evil spirit, not whoever you invited. Um, the same thing, the devil is just you or me in confusion, creating a miserable life. That's hell. There's no such thing as the devil. There's no such thing as hell. Um, it's just you and more you, as we often say. And when things show up that are not pleasing, whether it's a bad knee or indigestion or you name it, there's always some kind of inner confusion. So what I want to give you is three ideas, three tips, some points of traction to help you understand what's going on or perhaps get a handle on it so that you can begin erasing these maladies and evicting the evil spirits. Okay. Number one, when we have an issue, we tend to obsess on it. So number one is concurrent to your obsession on uh, the thing that's not pleasing you. You want to celebrate and praise the things that are working. You know, you might have slept well last night. You might uh, have no indigestion. Um, the example I've given many times before is when I had a really bad knee. I had torn cartilage, torn meniscus in my right knee. And uh, I would go running through it and while that felt like a knife in my knee, I would celebrate on my left step that there was no pain in my left knee. And while there was pain in my right knee, there was no pain in my left knee. There was no pain in my elbow. There was no pain in my index finger. There was no pain in my neck. It seemed like a silly game to play because I was in severe pain in my right knee, knee especially when it hit the pavement, but even in between. But I still focused on the efficiency and the smoothness and the painless existence of my other joints. And I would think to myself, man, there's people out there who don't have pain in their right knee. That would be awesome. What must that feel like? That used to be me. But just creating that possibility in my mind by not exclusively dwelling upon what was bothering me created the space where within a week I was pain-free in my right knee. So step one for dealing with ailments that show up and at first you don't know why is don't forget to celebrate the the miracle the majesty the perfection the harmony of the rest of your physical existence including this mental space here too step two of three steps self-reflect uh, in moments of quiet or meditation or a long walk just be wondering how else could i see this situation or how else could i see those things challenging in me in my life. You know, is it finances? Finances, according to Louise Hay, can bring about back pain. So, you know, the back pain isn't clearly linked to finances logically. But if you've got some kind of ailment, like a, a, a sore toe, um, the, the cause of it may not be logical. But what you can do is connect the dot. What is giving you the most grief in your life today? 
What is challenging you the most? What is pushing your buttons the most? It could be a couple of things or it could be a kind of a topic, um, confidence or lack thereof, um, not speaking your mind. So if you've got a physical ailment, it's likely linked to one of the main things on your radar that's bothering you. So to the area of your life that you're feeling some challenge and some frustration, how else can I view self-confidence? How else can I view um, speaking up when it's my turn to talk or out of turn if I need to be heard? How else can I view my relationships? How else can I view money, uh, it's elus it being elusive, it growing on trees? Ask that question. This is self-reflection. Ask yourself, what am I really afraid of? What am I really afraid of? might seem obvious, but if you drill down, do some journaling, automatic writing, you might surprise yourself with some answers that give you immediate relief. What am I really afraid of? What am I really excited about? What am I really hopeful for? Generally, if there's a great desire, a great hope, it comes coupled with a great fear. Feel those two out simultaneously. What's the hope? What's the fear? What do you have to gain? What do you have to lose? Can you really lose in this jungle of time and space where there's you and more you? Go inward, introspect, okay? So number three, have fun today. Do what you can to enjoy who you already are. Call up a friend, a family member, write a letter, um, watch a movie, read a new book, start Harry Potter all over again. Um, those three steps are Praise and focus and celebrate on what, what's working in your body. Number two, self-reflect. Ask, how else can I see my challenges differently? And number three, have fun now. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley here. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Great question posted last night. How to fake it till you make it. Uh, Mike, I struggle to keep myself in the fake it till you make it phase. I'm feeling down and out, like nothing is coming to fruition, especially after the pandemic when so many of us lost so much momentum. Yet I continue to focus on this work, even though it feels as though nothing's happening. Mike, your thoughts. Uh, first of all, if you're new to this kind of thinking, law of attraction, thoughts become things, metaphysics, fake it till you make it is embodying a sense, acting as if, moving in the world as if your dreams have already come true, in spite of evidence to the contrary, okay? But this is powerful because if you can embody that energy, and if the world is just more you, your thoughts become things, you're a streaming manifester, by acting, as, acting the role, acting as if you already have the Midas touch, acting as if you already have the dream home, acting as if you're already happy with every waking moment of your life, this will attract more of that to you. So now you understand the question. When the world seems like it's falling apart, uh, when we've lost momentum, when there's COVID, when there's regulations, when there's political divisiveness, oh my gosh, what an understatement. Um, how do you keep it going? Look, you didn't sign up for easy. And that doesn't mean this is going to be really hard, but I've got seven steps that I can rattle through in three or four minutes that are going to get your groove on. First off, understand, given the nature of reality, that if you want something, it's because it's not in your life. 
And I'm often asked, Mike, how can I think of and imagine wealth and abundance when I've got the opposite debt collectors and bill collectors and credit card agencies calling me? How can I think of health and healing when um, I'm in pain physically every single day, whatever the ailment may be? You are so inclined to succeed just because you're starting out in this place where you want it, don't have it. Hey, that's where we all start out. That's normal. That's okay. And if your, your senses and observations of what is was that strong, we would never be able to change. What I'm getting at is your nature is to thrive. Your nature is to be happy. Your nature is to have that Midas touch friends and laughter everywhere. That's who you really are, but you chose to be born like I did at a very primitive time in these sacred jungles of time and space where things would be difficult, where things would feel hard, where you have a dream and you look around you and nothing's changed. Well, that's just the way it is when you're wearing training wheels and we're wearing training wheels. We're using training wheels right now. Before we can ride that two-wheeler, we need the extra support on either side of us. So this is where we have the opportunity to cultivate confidence through understanding that our nature is to thrive. And when we finally have that permission inside to dream big, don't expect spontaneous manifestations just yet. This is the way it goes. If you want change, step number one is realize that you're going to be facing a world diametrically opposed to what you want. And this doesn't mean anything's wrong. It means everything's right. You assessed it. You're saying, no way, Jose. You're creating a new picture in your mind. This is how transformation goes into action. This is how it takes place. This is how you are the spark. This is where you fit into the equation of reality creation. You, set, you assess, you judge, you change the picture, and you don't frown, you smile, because now things are going to get better. Yes, you need patience. That's one of my seven tips coming up in just a little while. Number two beyond understanding that the physical world is not going to spontaneously mirror what you want, which doesn't mean there's something wrong. Number two, as I just alluded, get that you are the eyes and the ears of the divine. Get that therefore your thoughts in alignment with truth, abundance, friends, laughter, health, healing, rejuvenation, that's normal. Those thoughts are 10,000 times, 100,000 times, 100,000 times more inclined to become the things and events of your life lickety split. Whereas thoughts against truth, like life is hard and people are mean and God is angry. Oh my gosh, it's very difficult to make negative thoughts become the things and events of your life because they're not in the flow of truth. We don't, you don't live in a neutral universe, as I love to say. You live in a non-neutral universe. True, it doesn't judge you. That doesn't mean it doesn't care. It adores you. It worships you. What you want, the entire universe wants for you. What you think about, all of the elements realign. And when they're in alignment, your visions are in alignment with truth, the beauty, the magnificence, the power that's yours. Boom, 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 boom. It happens faster and faster and faster. And so don't think you got to be perfect. Don't think you have to be positive all the time. Don't think that this is going to be totally you against your fears. You know, one positive thought will offset 10,000 negative thoughts, 100,000 negative thoughts. I kid you not. Look at this oasis of beauty and magnificence we thrive upon already in our ignorance and stupidity. 
Can you imagine how good it's going to be when everyone, including you and me, realize 24-7 that we're divine creators, that it's all here for us, that our thoughts become things, that we are unstoppable, that every element wants for us what we want for us. Uh, equipment failure there. Um, boy, it's going to get so juicy here. And we are the pioneers of that. Number three, seek out your pleasures now, your micro pleasures. I know we've been through COVID. I know you lost your momentum. I know all that stuff. Enjoy the journey though, man. Look, it's beautiful to be alive, uh, gazing at a flower, the grass growing in the park, a blue skies, thunderstorms. Man, did we win the lottery or what? It's like we won the lottery every second. So just because you assess stuff that you don't want and you're creating a new picture for it doesn't mean there's not a ton of stuff within your radar to begin celebrating and enjoying right now. So enjoy the journey. Give yourself these pleasures, micro pleasures, if that's where you feel like you're at. Number four, don't put off happiness for the big hits. Okay, that's kind of the same. Don't put off happiness for the big hits. Be happy with the little hits. Be happy in the moment. Number five, get grounded in truth. Be grounded. This is the kind of stuff that I'm sharing with you that you need to hear every day, all the time, from lots of great sources out there. Okay? Just that you're here now, you're doing the right thing. But just do a few Googles. How do you overcome this? How do you find that? How do you magnetize and manifest it? There's so much information out there. Be grounded in truth. And life is about so much more than just manifesting. Although we don't ever stop manifesting. But but beauty and love and joy, camaraderie, cooperation, working together, uh, sharing visions. It, it's, there's so much going on. It's not all about what can I manifest into my life next. You're already a black belt PhD judo kung fu master at manifesting. Uh, Number six, be patient. As I told you, that was coming. That was one of my seven. Be patient. Like, come on. It's not going to be spontaneous. And the bigger the dream, maybe the longer it'll take. But you get this upward spiral. And there's this kind of exponential growth in your manifestations and in your joy and in your awareness and in your understandings. And it gets easier and easier. Do not think that life is one test after another test. There's no tests, there's lessons. One lesson after another lesson after another lesson. It's like the lessons get smaller and smaller and smaller and the joy gets bigger and bigger and bigger when you have patience, when you hang in there, when you consider these other points. And number seven, as I said at the outset, yeah, it might not be easy. You didn't sign up for easy. You signed up for an adventure, okay? And what would an adventure be if there wasn't a few little dips and twirls and setbacks? There would be no adventure. You, 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 you want to go on an African safari to the Maasai Mara, you don't want to just watch the Discovery Channel. Okay, Discovery Channel, not safari. Okay, Kenya, Maasai Mara, that's a safari. You wanted the whole enchilada, and now you're getting it. And so don't expect you know, easy peasy. That's no fun. It's going to be so much cooler as you master reality and you master your life when you can look back at your accomplishments and the mountains you climbed and the hurdles that you jumped and the lions and tigers and bears that you befriended.
Jumbo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up in, in not-so-sunny Manzanillo today. So happy to be with you. Great fun question came in last night. Mike, do aliens, ETs, have the same God as us? Are so-called aliens also the eyes and the ears of the divine, which is what I say that we are, human beings? Are they the God? Do they have the God we think we have? Is God the same to them? Is the universe, the angels, the guides that we all revere, honor, and believe in, do they have the same group or different ones? What's going on if they even exist at all? Oh my gosh, they so exist. They're all over the place. How many different uh, video captures from cell phones or from the old days do we need to have to believe that extraterrestrials exist? They are so real. And let me tell you from from intuiting it, from things I've read of a most profound nature, stuff I talk about, uh, channeled books typically, the, the civilized planets with humanoid, alien-like, whatever you want to call it, beings out there in space are in the millions, likely billions, if you take into account, as I have shared sometimes, parallel realities, alternate dimensions, truly infinite infinite as many grains of sand as there are on the beach of planet earth that's how many planets there exist with alien life forms identical in spirit to us and that leads me to a really exciting topic uh you may know i co-authored a book with my dear friend tracy farquhar you can look her up do a google she gives reading she's an amazing psychic she connected me to my mom Okay, so anyway, Tracy Farquhar gets these pings where she feels uh, energy, voices, love, wanting to express. And so she has channeled uh, several different beings of the most profound nature. And one of them goes by the moniker Frank. And together, she and I uh, co-authored a book. I interviewed Frank throughout the book. The title is Channeled messages from deep space channeled messages from deep space mike dooley tracy farquhar and frank get this was not channeling to her from the other side of the veil from you know the beyond uh from higher realms frank was channeling to tracy through tracy from this very time and space within these jungles of time and space on this side of the veil yet on a planet far removed and they give the location of their planet they have developed and wouldn't you expect this just as we're developing technologically and spiritually emotionally and in all other ways so would other beings uh, be progressing in these similar ways it's not just that uh, an et civilization has to have spaceship technology for us to be aware of them they've got psychic technology as well and frank connected with tracy you have to read the backstory it's enthralling it's empowering it's loving to understand what's going on but i asked frank and, and understand why they are here it's it's so touching so uh it's a tangent i'm i'm resisting going down that path but check out the book if you want i'm not trying to sell you the book Here's the juiciest of juices, though, that I got out of Frank that really just blew my mind. I asked 
what they were like, what their world was like, what their civilization was like, what they were like as physical beings. And they said, in every regard, based on my question, their existence, their physicality, uh, that life on their planet is unimaginably different than ours. Which is not to say there aren't humanoid beings exactly like us, you know, living exactly as we do, you know, in another million stars. But Frank comes from a planet where they and their reality, not their reality, they and their existence are unimaginably different. I was literally afraid to ask Frank what they look like. Because it's like, not important. I don't want to get freaked out. Because it's not important. Um, yet, and this was what blew my mind. Yet, on planet Brohashka, where they hail, their spiritual journey is virtually identical to ours. Love, cooperation, service, camaraderie, play, introspection, patience. What we're learning, they're learning because they are the eyes and the ears of God Almighty come alive on planet Brohashka and planet fill in the blank here. God, I said it yesterday, I say it every week. <clears throat> There's only you and more you. How does that make sense? You're the divine. You're of God. I'm another part of you and the Prohoshkins are another part of you and you are another part of them and we're all intertwined in a web of love that is also unimaginable. And we're all here because we chose to play in these jungles of time and space where we are powerful, where we would pretend to be separate, where we would believe in duality so that we could be here and not there, now and not then, have and have not, game on, adventure begins and in your journeys, as you wish to make your dreams come true and you do something about it, you fall in love again and again and again and again and people fall in love with you and animals fall in love with you and you fall in love with animals and oh my God, what a miraculous journey. What a blessing we all get to live. And yes, how silly to think that planet Earth might just be the only planet with civilization and God's hovering above watching us, judging us, uh, it, it, just think of infinite possibilities, the endless possibilities, dimensions, alternate dimensions, parallel universes, not just for your life, but for my life and all lives, and not just for those on planet Earth, but for an endless variety. It's all just thought, right? It's not like it requires you know, physicality and more matter and more beating hearts. It's all an imagination, God's mind. That's what our lives are right now, playing out in God's mind. Now, uh, Frank, I did ask Frank, you know, how come aliens, although they buzz by all the dang time and there's evidence flipping everywhere, just look at some of the hieroglyphics, look at some of the stuff in South and Central and Latin America. It's like, oh my God, they even draw flying saucers, like our flying saucers. ETs are everywhere, but how come they don't make themselves more um, uh, known? How come they don't land at the White House or the Kremlin or in Paris or London or Sydney, huh? Because they're not stupid. We'd aim guns, guns at them and uh, want to destroy them and put them in glass cages and dissect them. And we are a very primitive race at a very primitive time right now. And here's something really profound. And it's a reason I've always deduced and has been confirmed by some of the most profound readings I've ever read. I'll share some, another book with you in a second. For any civilization on any planet 
to be sophisticated enough to figure out how to create a spaceship through probably levitation and endless power supplies um, and to maybe travel through wormholes because there's no way they're just going to do the physical the physical thing okay the the light years hundreds thousands millions of light years uh, they're not going to get on a you know a boat and sail that they're going to go through the wormholes and they're going to be like okay bye mom bink i'm on planet earth bink i'm under the ocean bink i'm over the masai mara check out them wildebeest uh, they love coming here i am sure uh not that they don't have it good where they're at but for them to have developed that kind of uh, mastery over the physical and metaphysical world, it would require a tandem mastery of the spiritual world, a spiritual understanding of who they are, the eyes and the ears of the divine, why they're here, to love them. I'm not saying they're perfect. I'm not saying they're saints. I'm not saying there aren't some hooligans among them. No doubt there are, um, but generally, by and large, they visit us as we visit the Serengeti, you know, with binocular, hopefully with just binoculars and cameras, with a message to leave it exactly as we found it. Don't interfere with the divine. Don't interfere with reality playing out. Don't stop the lions from killing the wildebeest. Don't, don't get involved with God's plan, so to speak. That's how we treat uh, ourselves when we go to somewhere exotic in nature, right? And they're wise enough to not get overly involved with the human race for fear of interfer interfering with our free will, our own choices. Oh, the, the aliens will figure it out. Oh, the aliens will solve this problem. Oh, the aliens have been there, done that. Uh, a funny book I read and one I highly recommend. It's not a funny book, but a funny part of an amazing book I read not long ago, The Prism of Lyra. This book, like nothing I have ever read, explains all the different um, areas of the physical universe where life as we know it began and the different divisions and hybrid creatures and who's visited where and how they got involved in planet earth at an earlier time when we were more spiritually aware than we are now. And, and Oh my gosh, but anyway, one of the co-authors of A Prism of Lyra said something to the effect, after backstory, that uh, don't be expecting those aliens to come and, and rescue you or figure your life out. They're too busy rescuing themselves, as we all are, trying to figure out our way home, or, or better said, figuring out ourselves so that we can thrive in joy and harmony in any physicality that we choose to visit. Okay, because they're dealing with stuff we're dealing with stuff. They've got some traction, some history under the belt. Yeah, they could give us a helping hand, but they can't live our lives for us. And right now, we would either enslave them or worship them, and we're just not ready for them. But the time is near, according to many deep, uh, profound channels. The time is near when there may be that contact. But here's the most important takeaway. While this stuff is awesome and fascinating, and to me, after you wrap your head around it, perhaps for you, reassuring that there's order, that there's perfection, that we're going to make it just as they made it. We're going to discover ourselves and technology and find out how to balance it. What's important, most important, is you and your adventure. 
You and your dreams, they can come true. Your thoughts become things. You and your lions and tigers and bears, deal with them. Invite them in. Fear, what are you going to teach me today? Bring it on. I'm ready. Let's have that upward spiral. That's what's most important. Not figuring out the brain waves of a dolphin. There's a whole other story there. Not that I know it. Not figuring out um, the, the mentality of ETs. You know, all of that stuff like flowers and nature, you know, are going to enrich our lives when we're ready and when they're ready. But until then, we've got some hoeing to do. We've got some digging to do. We've got some heavy lifting to do. We need to understand ourselves. So whatever your big challenge is right now, Go there after this tune-up. Go there and do some journaling. Do some thinking. Do some connecting dots. Whatever your big dream and desire is, go there too. Create a vision board. Five minutes a day, visualize the life of your dreams as if you're already living it, okay? And that's what's most important now. And let these extraneous studies of dolphin and octopi uh, intelligence and alien existence fascinate you and thrill you, but not distract you from your amazing rocking life. There you have it, fellow podcast listener. Now, let's stay in the zone. If you haven't already, please visit my website, tut.com, where you can sign up, along with one million other subscribers, for my free daily notes from the universe. You can also find out about my Infinite Possibility membership for a price you choose Every single Tuesday, I do a live broadcast, a 30-minute mini manifesting workshop. Members have access to the last 52 mini manifesting workshops, so check it out. And if you have a moment and these podcasts move you, I would be deeply grateful for a review at the Apple Podcast platform. Go to tut.com, look for spiritual tune-ups, look for the link for podcasts. If you send us a screen grab of your published review at Apple, we've got a very special bonus waiting for you. Check out the links, read all about it. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you on the next podcast installment.